Gidgets, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am your host, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. Hey there. Hey. We had a problem. Yeah, and you want to move your jacket out there so I can keep an eye on my light? Thank you. My, can you see your light now? Um, let me see. It does. Yeah, there we go. Okay. It's working. It is working. All right, so if... Uh, if you want to know what's going on, uh, you might have heard in the last episode, Penny's mic sounded a little loud, and so we thought it was a level thing. Uh, halfway through recording this episode, though, we noticed that her mic turned off. And uh, once we uh, popped a battery in, then it started sounding normal again. And But there's like 10 minutes of just me talking to myself, <laughs> and you can't really tell what's going on. Um I guess for completionism, I will. We will put that broken episode up. We'll we'll make a new category for it if someone wants to go and because I don't know. Maybe we talk about crap that someone cares about in it that we don't talk about here now. <laughs> we'll call it the Fubar edition. Yeah, is got to come up with a name for our bucket of disaster episodes <laughs> that we can put them in the graveyard or something. <laughs> there you go. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to put it up, but it's not going to be very good. <laughs> when, like, ten minutes into it, you just hear me umming and ooing for a little <laughs> bit, and then talking. <laughs> and uh, Which is usually a conversation with Dan anyway, but I'm used to it after all these years. So, we are here uh, the next day. We uh, missed a day. Did you, did you think that we'd miss a day? I figured we'd be late. It's not un- that uncommon for us to be late on an episode, but to miss a whole day. Well, Did you yeah. go to bed last night feeling low? Well, I'm going to go to bed tonight feeling even lower because of the fact that we may not be able to get an episode in today today because of your work. Yeah, I'm pretty busy right now, but we'll see what happens. It's that time of year, folks. Do the best we can. So this was Season 2, Episode 13, Houses of Holy. Episode starts out, we see some lady uh, just sitting in her dumpy apartment, smoking, watching TV. She's flipping through the channels. And she flips on a TV evangelist, and this guy, he's all right. I mean, he's got the huge neon cross behind him and everything. <laughs> he's hes really an over-the-top, uh, deep cable style evangelist. She gets bored of that, turns the TV off, the lights flicker, and that always means... That always means some sort of spirit. Well, the TV then turns back on, and uh, the same evangelist is on the TV, but now he's talking louder and louder, and I mean, it gets intense like there's an earthquake happening crap's falling off the shelves everything's rumbling her apartment's yeah trembling and rumbling and it and it what i noticed about this is that it the tv evangelist appeared to be talking directly to her at least that was the look on her face like oh my gosh she's talking to me yeah definitely have you ever had that sense when you're like listening to a song and then you think it's talking to you and then like you'll hear walk past a tv and then it'll just say something random and you think it's talking to you no. Have you ever had that sensation? No. I heard only crazy people had it, but I've had that happen before. <laughs> yes, that so. makes sense. Only crazy people. That, <laughs> that makes sense. I think I'm fairly sane, but I've had that happen before. It's no, I, ha- I haven't. It's a weird feeling. Um, well, then, I thought a door opened up, but it, there's like a hallway. There's just a bunch of light pouring out of something, and there's a faint silhouette of something in the middle, maybe. All of it was very nondescript to me. It just looked like a ton of light f- shining in this lady's face. And it was a very bright light, 
So yes, and you could see a silhouette of what looked like a person, but it wasn't really defined enough to tell exactly what it was. Yeah, it, it was bizarre. Uh, commercial. One thing about this episode, though, there was no recap either. This is uh, a standalone episode, more or less. They don't need to tell us anything about what these boys are up to or doing or their long goals. Right. It, it doesn't really have anything to do with the yellow-eyed demon and all that fun stuff that happened with John in the past. So we come back from commercial, and we see Sam dressed up as a nurse at a mental hospital. At least I'm assuming it's a mental hospital. Like, everything is plain white. There's no sharp objects anywhere. Just some lady laying in bed. Uh, but Sam strikes up a conversation with her. Her name's Gloria. And she says that she saw something freaky um, that nobody believes her. This is kind of the gist of the conversation. But Sam's like, don't worry. You know, I'll, I'll believe you. Tell me what you saw. And she claims God sent an angel and spoke to her. And God's word and told her to go kill someone that uh, will be evil and she'll see the sign when it's time to kill someone. Yeah, she assumed uh, that, she, well, in her words, she was an angel, like Dan said. Um, yeah, he would know when to smite this evil person. Uh, the angel told her that he was evil down to his foundation, and so she had to do it. And when she saw the sign, she knew automatically who it was or what she had to do. And that's it. <laughs> yep. So go back and we see Dean laying on a uh, vibrating bed, the Magic Fingers bed, uh, listening to music, like a headset, earbuds in or something like that. Um. Sam has Dean locked in the hotel room. And this hotel room, we've talked about how there's theme rooms in this show that they normally stay in. This is like 70s porno theme style. It is a very, I don't know, swank room. Definitely, definitely swings to the swings to the 70s. <laughs> definitely swings. That's right. <laughs> Pun not intended. But yeah, it definitely had that 70s vibe to it. Um, yeah, and Dean, he's bored as bored as hell because Sam won't let him out of the room because Dean's a wanted man. He's a criminal. FBI, everyone's after him. Yeah, he was just on the nightly news the night before. So he's then been stuck in there, what, a whole five hours? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he, it's not like he's been in there for a month. He's just been in there one day. Yeah, it's not like he's on lockdown like we are with the coronavirus going around. Yeah, I don't know. Could have found something to watch. He could have binge watched something. I don't think they had Netflix in that that swanky hotel room or motel room that, that they're in. Probably not. Well, uh, Sam tells Dean about what Gloria saw, and Sam can't find any dirt on the guy that she killed either. Nothing really evil comes up about him. Dean just dismisses this whole uh, the angel story, thinks that the girl's a wacko. Uh, but Sam says it's this is the second time in the same town that someone has been told by an angel to go kill someone else. So he thinks there's a story. Yeah, he does. Uh, Dean, because he has, you know, doesn't think about angels, he says, well, it could be a vengeful spirit. It could be even a demon posing as an angel because they lie. That's what they do. Oh, gosh, and I was going to mention something about Dean, too, and I completely forgot now what I was going to say. So hopefully I'll think about it. Um, <laughs> Great story, dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. Yeah, thinks it could be uh, demons causing the deaths. And he wants to check 
out the lady's apartment, Glory's apartment, but Sam has already done that. Well, you skipped oh. over, though, a really important part here. There's an argument that happens between Sam and Dean because Dean thinks angels are bullcrap because he's never seen them. He only believes things that he uh, can see with his own eyes, and they have never crossed paths with an angel, so he does not think that it's angel involved. Right. The thing, I just remember what I was going to say, when Sam was digging up information on the victim, he said, you know, he was a librarian, he was a churchgoer, so he could not find anything that would make him bad enough that even if it was an angel, wanting him to kill, be killed, I should say. So then Dean says, well, if you've checked out the girl's apartment, let's check out the victim's house. So at least Dean is able to get out of the apartment or out of the motel room. Okay. I'm sorry, did I skip something? I'll yeah, like, I, I don't I know why you just went back and rehashed and remixed like the last five minutes of our conversation, but sorry. whatever. Sorry. Uh, so, yes, they go to the victim's house to see if there's any more clues. When they get up to the house uh, on the front porch, there's a large plastic Christmas angel right next to the door. So Dean instantly assumes that that was the sign that triggered Gloria. Uh, again... Dean just thinks Gloria's a nut. Sam thinks that there's something real going on here. There's a bit of tension. Sam definitely wants to go in uh, to the apartment and look around, or house and look around. So looking for a way in, he walks around to the side and they see a root cellar. And then it triggered them. He was evil down to his deepest foundation. So they have an aha moment. Yes, they do. So, yeah, they check out the, go into the basement and see what they can find. Yeah, they look around, they don't find much. Uh, but Sam saw some scratches on the wall, including an embedded fingernail. So they figure something bad has happened here. Yeah, they did not think that that was a good thing to see in someone's basement where it looked like someone was scratching and then lost a fingernail and was embedded into the wall. So they kind of start digging. Yep, they find some shovels. I don't know, there's just some shovels happen to be there. They dig down about three feet or so and find a skeleton. Uh, my question was, where did they put all the dirt when they were digging up this three foot by three foot by six foot hole? That's a lot of dirt that they got to move away. Where did it all go? I told you it went in their pocket. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it went into their pockets, Shawshank Redemption style. And they just kind of scattered it amongst out in the yard. <laughs> yeah, remember, we're recording this for a second time. The people <laughs> listening haven't heard it before. Right, sorry. I already said Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, but you don't know that. Only Dan knows that. <laughs> Uh, we see a new guy here, uh, another uh, loser, much like that first lady. A bunch of empty bottles laying all over the place. Uh, they're signaling that he's a loser and an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, but once again, kind of that earthquake thing happens. Everything goes rumbling. All of his bottles go falling to the ground. He stands up, and uh, we see him stare into a really bright, shining light. So the exact same light that hit that first lady and caused her to kill. Um figure this guy now is being visited by the same light yeah he was uh not only did we see a lot of empty bottles but he was like looked like he was sitting on his bed and he was drinking straight out of a bottle so definitely had a lot of cocktails and um yeah saw the same thing gloria saw at this point we don't know this guy's name but it appears like now he's looks all peaceful and he's out to do whatever he needs to do whatever the angel told him to do yeah, he's, down, he's walking on the street outside, and he sees the angel again. Um, this time it shows it to us, and we get a better view of this whole light, and we can definitely see that there's some sort of uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Shadow. Right. You can see uh, some silhouette. Yeah, Silu- yeah the silhouette in the somewhere. bright light. Yeah, uh, he just kind of smiles, nods his head at the uh, the light, the angel, whatever it is. Goes up to the door, knocks on the dude's door. The dude comes out, uh, introduces him, you know, pleasantries. He says his name's Zach, and then he stabs a guy right in the chest. Yeah, pleasantries are over at that point. <laughs> so we know that, yeah, when you see this light, you end up going out and murdering someone. <laughs> Sam comes in. Next, we see Sam coming into the hotel room, and Dean asks for more quarters. He's really into his vibrating bed. <laughs> Sam says he's not going to supply his perverted habit or whatever. Which I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I would love to have a vibrating bed. I think that looks so comfortable. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. It's not used for any sort of perverted methods. I don't think it's just to like vibrate all the kinks out of your back. Well, maybe Sam thought he'd become addicted. Maybe Dean's got an addictive personality. <laughs> Here's, you know, <laughs> like those people that go to the chiropractor and then they have to go every day for the rest of their lives. Exactly, exactly. Well, Dean tells Sam that Zach Smith, a local drunk, stabbed a guy last night. And it all fits what they've seen before in the previous murders and victims. Uh, they head to the victim's house, though. They uh, want to know what he's hiding. They pop a door or a window open and the boys crawl in. They don't find much in the house except for Sam. He's pretty good on the computer, I guess. He found a locked file on his computer and unlocked it pretty in instantly. And He's got it, mad skills when it comes to computers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, this file, though, it's full of emails from Jennifer, who, after a little bit of reading, fig- they figure out is a 13-year-old girl that he ran into on the, in the internet chat room. And they were supposed to go meet today. So he got murdered right in time. Yeah, he did. Um, Dean is looking around the house and he notices that there's a pamphlet or something from a church. He asks Sam, hey, what, did the, what was the name of the church that our first victim went to? And Sam told him. And sure enough, these two, two people were from the same church. So that was their, kind of their connection. Yeah, before he found the mailer, though, Sam got a bit upset with Dean and raised his voice about how strange this whole thing was. Because, once again, Dean is just kind of blowing this off as not a real case. Until they find that mailer. Well, I don't recall that he wasn't blowing it off. He was just stuck on it's not an angel sort of thing. Right. Like I said, he thought either it was a vengeful spirit or a demon, you know, pretending to be an an angel to mess with people's minds. So they go. They head over to that church that uh, both the victims belong to, and they start talking to the father there. And Sam grills him for a bunch of angel info. Um, wants to know all about angels and uh, points up to a picture on the wall, gets info on that. Uh, the whole time Dean is looking at this, kind of rolling his eyes with a this is bullcrap look on his face. Right, because Sam made mention that, you know, people think of angels as these, you know, feathery cherub type people or type beings. But um, in the Bible, and Sam was right, they are typically God's warriors. They are the ones, you know, there's the angel of death and stuff like that. So they were used in other manners than just Cupid and cherubs and things like that. (laughs) And so that's why Sam was thinking it could be. Hey, this could be an angel. It could be, you know, the angel saying, hey, these people are bad. Yep. Uh, On their way out of the church, 
get some more information uh, after Dean spots a memorial on the steps. He asks who it was for, and they learn that a previous, the previous a previous minister was shot, um, like two months, uh, two months beforehand. He was getting carjacked or something like that. I get, the neighborhood sounds terrible. It really does. But yeah, the the priest said that he was shot for his car keys right on the church steps. So that's where that why that memorial was there. And he said ever since that happened, he's been praying for divine help. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, huh, it could be an angel. The priest prayed for divine help. Well, Dean still figures this whole thing is a vengeful spirit. Dean thinks it's an angel. Again, Dean and Sam start fighting over their religious beliefs of this Mm. whole thing. And Dean says, let's check out Father Gregory's grave. That's the minister or priest that was murdered two months ahead. They uh, learn he was interned in a crypt inside the church. So they head back inside to go check it out. Yeah, they head uh, to the crypt. Uh, Dean kind of walks through a door into the, like, I don't know if it's like an inner sanctum of the crypt. I don't know. But then something weird happens to Sam. There's an angel statue, and it kind of starts trembling and vibrating. And before you know it, there's this bright light appears behind him, and he turns around, and he sees this angel. Yep, he gets a face full of white light, and then we go to commercial. Come back from commercial, Dean wants to go. He somehow has lost Sam and can't find him, Um, but Sam's just laying on the floor there. Yeah, when Dean, when Dean comes out of that room, he sees Sam was passed out on the floor. But helping uh, Sam up, Dean knows that he saw it. Doesn't he, you know, I'm going to use it, not angel or demon, cause, since we don't know yet. But Sam says he saw an angel. Uh, Dean wants to know why he thinks it's an angel. And Sam goes on about how he felt this amazing presence and comfort and it knew all about him. At this point, though, Dean gets pissed. Sam's upset because he can stop something awful from happening, and he thinks maybe this demon or angel is uh, doing good and that they really shouldn't be stopping it. Yeah, because Dean asked, well, did he tell you who to kill? And he said, well, yeah, he told me that the person hasn't done anything yet, but he was going to do something bad, so uh, Sam would have to stop him before he did this. Well, we get some insight here on why Dean is so resistant on this whole angel story. He tells the story about how his mom, when he was a kid, used to tuck him into bed and said, angels were watching over all the time and nothing bad will ever happen. Well, (laughs) horrible things have happened to this family, and that's why he's all salty towards angels, because they they weren't there for him. They just don't exist. He needs proof. Yeah, he said, you know, his mom prayed and... Uh, for something to watch over them, and obviously didn't because of the way she died. So, yeah, he's pretty pretty anti-angel at this point. They finally find, find uh, Gregory's, Father Gregory's uh, grave, crypt, whatever it is called, and there's wormwood growing all over it. There's a big bush growing right in front of it. He's only been in there for two months, but uh, this, there's a, it's wrapped up in vines. And say... Dean, I think, says that it signals restless spirits. Right, he did. Do they use this wormwood? Does this come up again in Supernatural? Oh, that's a good question. I am trying to remember. I don't really think in this connotation that it does. Hmm. All right, well, there's more bickering back and forth about if it's a spirit or an angel. Uh, they, They come up, though, with a plan. 
the plan is they're going to do a seance, and if they call something to them, then they will know that it's a spirit. If nothing shows up, then they'll know it's an angel. So the boys go to the store to pick up seance supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Although, and they got the list, I think, from their, what they said from their dad's journal, John's journal, of what they needed to, to purchase and, and do to, for the seance to call forth the spirit, if there is a spirit there. Well, while leaving the store with their uh, bag full of supplies, this reminded me, <laughs> I really wish one of them would have came out with one of those giant foam cowboy hats. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish one of them would have made a dumb purchase. <laughs> well, they did buy a SpongeBob placemat for the altar cloth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> made, or Sam made mention of how ghetto that was. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Uh, well, while they're leaving the store, though, uh, Sam then sees his sign uh, behind a guy waiting at a crosswalk, holding, like, some takeout food in his hand. Uh, so, like, that white light shines behind this guy, and Sam looks at him and says, I have to stop him. Well, Dean knows that everyone that has fallen under this white light spell, and they've gone off and killed someone. So Dean doesn't want Sam to go kill someone. So Dean stops Sam from stopping the other guy that they assume is a creep. Dean, Dean hops in the car, locks the doors, and tells Sam, you go do the seance, I'll follow this dude. So that helps break it up. I mean, because then Sam can go prove to him for himself whether it's an angel or a demon, and Dean can make sure that Sam doesn't kill this guy all in one swoop. Good plan. <laughs> yeah, that was a good plan. Although Sam said, well, I wasn't going to kill him. I was just going to stop him from doing whatever he's supposedly going to do. But yeah, Dean's like, just in case. You yeah, know. that might have been what everyone else was thinking, too, until they get to the door and they're like, oh, I guess I just should just stab this <laughs> yeah. guy and be done with it. Go all, uh, yeah, psycho on him. <laughs> so we see, so Dean then takes off on a slope speed chase around town. By the way, there is no other cars on the road here. They're doing like 20 miles an hour creeping around. No one else. I don't know how the dude didn't realize he was being followed. And, but I noticed there was some tra traffic. Buddy, don't eat the, don't, no, 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 don't eat that. I uh, noticed there was a little bit of traffic, but, but like it was very, very light. Buddy was, I'm sorry, but Buddy was starting to eat a blanket and oh I had to tell Lord. him to stop. Traffic was very light, but yeah, there should have been more traffic than what there was because there was definitely this guy would have had to have seen Dean following him, like you said. So we see that Sam has started to work on the seance, getting that prepared, but he gets busted by the current minister that works there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got some quick explaining to do. Uh, Sam gets up. He's like, no, no, it's not what it looks like. He's kind of stammering, but all of a sudden, though, uh, while uh, while the minister is basically walking him out, the white light appears. Sam knows, though, that at that point, it's a bad spirit. But comes back as Thomas, a young guy. He shows up there, and we know it's Thomas Gregory because the uh, current minister, current priest, recognizes him. And it matches the photo that was on the memorial. Yes, it does. Um, and while that's going on, the man that Dina's following stops and picks up a woman. Looks like he's picking her up for a date. The spirit is confused, though. Uh, he thinks he's an angel and is pretty convinced about it. Uh, he starts, he talks about getting 
shot on the steps and that at that moment he could see everything, know everything. He was in touch with God. Uh, so he, you know, he thought he was a real angel. He said he was there trying to help. Uh, he said, I'm answering your prayers, man. You wanted help. <laughs> yeah, you want a divine help. And so here I am helping you out. We go back to the car chase, and Dean loses the dude in the car chase. I don't know how. There was no other cars on the road. <laughs> yeah, that was, and it wasn't to, like he was going super fast. Like that, so they were in, in a town probably going 25 miles an hour. So how Dean you know, screwed that one up is beyond me. So back to uh, Thomas and friends. <laughs> he explains that he was sent by God to, uh, kill, to get people to kill each other, basically. <laughs> to clean out, uh, clean out the bad people around the area. Uh, the current priest, though, he he realizes this is all misguided and stupid, and tells him he's not an angel. Thomas is all confused and baffled. He really looks like he just saw his own ghost. We flip back to uh, the guy that Dean was following. He's pulled over and starts attacking a woman that he picked up on the way, and like he first goes in for an awkward kiss. And then he, like, gets handy. But then his third maneuver, he pulls out a box cutter knife. And I'm like, wow, we went from slightly rapey to, like, you're going to wear this lady's face. Well, when you say handy, he actually smacked her. He didn't just, like, get grabby with her. He oh, smacked, you're right. He, he did her smack her. Face. Yeah. Then he pulled out that box cutter knife. Yeah, he wasn't. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I just thought he went in for a quick boob grab or something. No, you're <laughs> no. right. Yeah, he smashed her. Very odd. Not a way to pick up women. No, don't do that. We do not recommend that when you do that. Well, while uh, Mr. Box Cutter is trying to cut her bra off or something, Dean, we see Dean, he breaks the window and then punches the dude. Uh, the lady was smart enough to quickly jump out and uh, start getting away from the car. And so Dean follows her to make sure she's safe but then the car starts up and the dude gets away yeah dean i thought like as um i thought dean knocked him out and then he was unconscious but no just maybe stunned for a second and took off back at the church thomas agrees to have his last rites served uh he realizes he's effed up and he's just a spirit and he's he's not doing the right thing at all so he gets the last rites, and the priest adds, I don't know what all is involved in the last rites, but when he reads it, he, I think he adds some extra stank to it to really make sure that he splits, because it sounded really vengefully worded. It was very fire and brimstone. Yeah, he had to put some extra mojo on it for sure. <laughs> he was calling down saints from all over the place to wheel his ass off. Oh, yeah, he called on the archangel Gab. Uh, Raphael, Raphael. Uh, Archangel of to clear Air. the to clear the skies to make <laughs> sure that he gets out of there. Yeah. Um, back at the car chase, it's turned into a car chase again because Dean is once again following this dude, uh, but now it is a faster car chase. Uh, they're actually you know moving at like forty five miles an hour <laughs> through town <laughs> because they are five. still in the town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, during this car chase, though, a there's a car crash. Let me see if I can explain this for our listeners. Ahead of the car crash, ahead of the car chase at an intersection, there is a car crash that happens between a totally separate car and a truck with a roof rack hauling a bunch of pipes. That truck gets spun, T-bone, spins around. The pipe 
bounces, slides off the roof rack, bounces on the ground, flies through the air, and then stabs this dude right through the chest. Dean comes up, looks at it, and gives a very odd look that you don't normally see on Dean's face. Yeah, he's kind of like, whoa. Um, And to tell you what this looked like, just think of uh, Twister when that tower came smashing through the truck and killed that jerk weather guy that... Remember that. <laughs> wow. Anyway, or the magic loogie or magic bullet, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, Dean's kind of like freaked out. Wow. It's like the other victims were stabbed in the heart and this guy gets a random pull through his chest. Metal yeah. pull through his chest. Well, the next morning, uh, we're back at the hotel. This is the final commercial break. The next morning, we're back at the hotel room. We see Dean come in. Uh, Sam tells Dean he was right. It, it was just a spirit. It was Father Gregory. Uh, he explains that he really wanted to believe in angels because with everything that they've seen, there's so much evil in the world. Wouldn't it be nice to have some good guys around? <laughs> yeah, and Sam also mentioned that he was hoping for angels because he doesn't want to become evil like is predicted or like John Ward Dean that he could be. Yeah, so then Sam's, like, his total face and demeanor, everything changes. He just, like... I don't know, dusts off his shoulders, and then he goes into this whole thing. I need to trust my eyes now. I need to be more like you, Dean. I'm <laughs> here to truth and order, and we're going to make sure to get to the bottom of things. And Dean just, like, cuts him off, and he's like, okay, dude, shut up. <laughs> and Dean tells him about the guy he was chasing, that he was a very bad guy, and he's dead, and he didn't kill him. But the way he died, it looked like God's will because he got the pull through the chest. So, do you have anything else to add to that final scene? No, Before not I really. Cut this apart. So, that makes me wonder, was Father Gregory a part-time fill-in angel for God? If God, if this dude randomly died anyways with a stab through the chest, was he actually being directed by God to go around and kill these folks and then the current minister and Sam talk him out of it? I don't think so. No, he wasn't like rent an, rent an angel or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's part time. <laughs> Just when there's big events, uh, they have to call in the reserve angels. Uh, well, I think this really leaves it vague. I mean, I don't know why they had that ending at the end with it through the chest. If it wasn't for that, if it was just he got in a crash, he died anyways. Like none of this, none of this question, this question wouldn't come up, but. He was stabbed through the heart the exact same way. So, was Thomas telling the truth? Well, he was telling the truth and the fact that these people were bad. and He but, knew that they were bad, and he claims God was telling him that they were bad. And so, it could be right. Maybe he was a part-time rent-a-angel rent for, for the time being. And I got to tell you, this is the one where I'm, like, I'm left like, hmm, I don't know if Sam and Dean were the good guys in this one. Well, even... Sam mentioned that earlier in the episode. He's like, I don't know if, if we should be stopping this guy, even if it's not an angel. You know, he's taking bad people out. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I don't know. This is this is a head scratcher. This is not as, cl- as clear, cut and dry as... This is the most vague episode ever. Yes. Everything else is cut and dry. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Who's got to die? Who needs to be saved? Exactly. This one, I think, is very ambiguous. 
Yes, it is. You're not sure if they did the right thing or not. And even at this point, Dean's like, eh, maybe, you know, maybe there is some divine thing. Because he did say, looked like it was God's will, like why this guy died with that pole, with that pole or whatever. Yeah, so we see the big story arc that Dean is like very cut and, at the beginning, Dean is very cut and dry and Sam is all about believing in angels and, you know, everything's possible. And uh, by the end, though, they've kind of crossed paths and they're both seeing each other's side of the uh, argument. Exactly. Very, very interesting. Um, it's, I don't know. It's kind of weird that, this, that none of this fits into the larger story arc. Well, they do have those episodes where they're, I mean, the one-off, look at the second episode with the Wendigo. That had nothing to do with the larger story arc either. Yeah, but I mean that was like second episode. That's you're still introducing characters and universe continuity at that point. Yeah, you are. You are. But okay. still there's there are those uh occasional um episodes throughout the seasons that have nothing to do with the story arc because I'm telling you, I still want an episode where it's nothing to do with even fighting supernatural things. It's just the two of them like clearing out an old rental unit. Like a flashback episode. <laughs> well. You know, sitcoms always have those flashback episodes where they go through previous stuff. Does Supernatural have one of those? They do have uh, flashbacks, well, to when Sam and Dean were younger, but they did have an episode, The Benders, where they didn't battle anything supernatural. It was just those crazy hillbillies that were hunting people for sport. Yeah. So that was something that, that had absolutely nothing to do with the supernatural. That's true. But it wasn't like they were, you know, cleaning out a closet and looking through photos and saying, remember that time? <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have those episodes of Supernatural. <laughs> like every sitcom has at least one episode where everyone gets locked in a room together and they all go, remember that time? And then the screen gets wavy and blurry and then it comes crystal clear focus. And then it's just a previous episode from four seasons ago. Right. But Supernatural is not a sitcom. What's wrong with Harley? She needs to go out, so I'm going to get up and let her out. Oh, yeah. All so of a you sudden, can... you're all whinging over the dog. I think she's fine. Oh, Jesus. She's got her ball. The dog means business. All right. <clears throat> What's the name of the next episode? The next episode, episode 14, is Born Under a Bad Sign. And that is a song by Cream. Yes, it is. See, I wanted to sound smart. Yesterday when we recorded this, I was just guessing, and I guessed the wrong band. And then Penny told me who it was last night. So yeah, I looked it up to find right. out, because I knew it was a song, too, but I couldn't think of who the band was. All right, well, if that's it. Uh, tell people how they can listen to us. Our website, coupleofidgets.com, our Facebook group, Armchair Hunters, and then you know the rest of them that you can remind people. Spotify iTunes, iTunes, tune in, tune just in. go to the website, you can find them all. All right, thank you very much. Sorry about being a day late. We'll see when the next one comes yeah. out, <laughs> if it's today or tomorrow. Hopefully today, but if you're still busy with work, it's not going to be. So I really don't think we have too many live listeners that are on the edge of their seat. Just there should be. You know, you're missing people, out. People in the future will feel like they missed out on this important time. True that. I mean, there'll only be like a tenth of the population left on the planet. They'll have a lot bigger fish to fry. But <laughs> you're like, man, I wish I was there at that time. Man, I'm glad he missed it.
days. <laughs> Back in the good old days. I was there. 2020 was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.